Happy New Year, everyone. I'm the Conservative Nerd, and welcome to the show. The first article I'm going to cover today is called The Right Has Recognized That the System Is in Collapse. It Has a Plan, Violence and Solidarity with Treasonous Far-Right Factions. This author's name is Stephen... I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Nobody wants what's coming, so nobody wants to see what's coming. On the eve of the first civil war, the most intelligent, the most informed, and the most dedicated people in the United States could not see it coming. Even when the Confederate soldiers began their bombardment of Fort Sumner, nobody believed that conflict was inevitable. The North was so unprepared for the war that they had no weapons. The United States today, once again, is headed for civil war. And again... It cannot bear to face it. The political problems are both structural and immediate, the crisis both long-standing and accelerating. The American political system has become so overwhelmed by anger that even the most, most basic tasks of government are increasingly impossible. The legal system grows less legitimate by the day, trust in the government at all levels is in free fall, or like Congress with approval ratings hovering around 20%, cannot fall any lower. Right now, elected sheriffs openly promote resistance to federal authority. Right now, militias train and arm themselves in preparation for the fall of the Republic. Right now, doctrines of a radical, unachievable, messianic freedom spread across the internet, on talk radio, on cable television, and in the malls. The consequences of the breakdown of the American system is only now beginning to be felt. January 6th wasn't a wake-up call, it was a rallying cry. The Capitol Police have seen threats against members of Congress increase by 107%. Fred Upton, Republican representative from Michigan, recently shared a message he had received, quote, I hope you die. I hope everybody in your family dies, end quote. And it's not just politicians, but anyone involved in the running of the electoral system. Death threats have become a standard aspect of the work life of elected supervisors and school board members. A third of poll workers in the aftermath of 2020 said they felt unsafe. Two things are happening at the same time. Most of the American right have abandoned faith in government as such. Their political, their politics is increasingly the politics of the gun. The American left is slower on the uptake, but they are starting to figure out that the system which they give the name democracy is less deserving of the name every year. An incipient illegitimacy crisis is underway. Whoever is elected in 2022 or in 2024, according to the University of Virginia analysis of census projections, by 2024, 30% of the population will control 68% of the Senate. Eight states will contain half the population. The Senate malapportionment gives advantages overwhelmingly to white, non-college-educated voters. In the near future, a Democratic candidate could win the popular vote by millions of votes and still lose. Do the math. The federal system no longer represents the will of the American people.
I apologize, this is a long article. <laughs> the right is preparing for a breakdown of law and order, but they are also overtaking the forces of law and order. Hard right organization have now infiltrated so many police forces, the connections number in the hundreds. They have become an unreliable ally in the struggle against domestic terrorism. Michael German, a former FBI agent who worked or formerly worked undercover against domestic terrorists during the 1990s, knows that white power sympathies within police departments hampered domestic terrorist cases. Quote, in 2015, FBI Counterterrorism Guide instructs FBI agents on white supremacist cases to not put them on the terrorist watch list as agents normally would do, end quote. He says, because the police could then look at the watch list and determine that they are their friends. The watch lists among, are among, among one of the most effective techniques of counterterrorism, but the FBI cannot use them. The white supremacists in the United States are not a marginal force. They are inside its institutions. <laughs> That's like, are you, are you serious? White supremacists are not a marginal force? Have you seen the crowds at these white supremacist rallies recently? There's like 30 of them. Also, th this author states that the connections number in the hundreds. Well, you know there's about 200,000 federal employees at this moment. Even if this was a problem, it it's not looking like a huge one. Going back to the article... Recent calls to reform or defund the police have focused on officers' implicit bias or policing techniques. The protesters are, in a sense, too hopeful. Activists, activists, white supremacists in positions of authority are the real threat to American order and security. Quote, if you look at how authoritarian regimes come into power, they tactically authorize a group of political thugs to use violence against their political enemies. Germain says, that ends up with a lot of street violence, and the general public gets upset about the street violence and says, government, you have to do something about this street violence. And the government says, oh my, my hands are tied. Give me broad en enabling power and I will go after these thugs. And of course, once the broad power is granted, that it isn't used to target thugs. They either become a part of the official security apparatus or an auxiliary force, end quote. Now, hmm, who does that really sound like? I mean, in recent memory, I can't think of one white supremacist rally, let alone a violent one. I can, re well, I can remember an entire year of actual terrorist groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa who have quite literally burned down American cities. While they had the mainstream media and public office holders actively covering for these rioters. One of the many memes that was born is a reporter say saying that the protests are, quote, mostly peaceful as a burning building, like, was right behind him. It was pretty funny. Now, now, we know who the real authoritarians are, and they aren't some phantom Nazis, especially when modern liberals call anyone and everyone a white supremacist. It's hard to find who the real racists are. 
Obviously, anyone with any semblance of moral compass hates racism and racists. But how will we actually root them out when you call everyone a racist? And especially everyone who looks at you funny a racist. There's no way. It it lets real racists hide and allows them to. They even called Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist for justifiably shooting three white guys. <laughs> see, see what I mean? The, the See, the left can't get through their thick skulls that conservatives hate racists and racism just as much. In fact, we were probably the first ones to the table. And it, pretty much that started with Abraham Lincoln, who founded the Republican Party. The left has gotten used to the beat. Uh, being the boy who cried racism. They urge the public to believe that there is this miasmatic racism that permeates our country as a whole. And Well, they're never specific. Give me an actual law or regulation or a name of somebody who's an actual racist and I will be right there beside you fighting them. But the left doesn't do that. And if you call them out on that, you, you're automatically branded as a racist. How, how funny is that? Back to the article. Anti-government patriots have used the reaction against Black Lives Matter effectively to build a base of support with law enforcement. Quotes, one of the best tactics was adopted the Blue Lives Matter patch. I'm flabbergasted that police fell for that. That they actually support these groups. It would be one thing if anti-government patriots had uniformly decided not to target police anymore, but they haven't. They're still killing police. The police, excuse me, the police don't seem to get it. That the people you're coddling, you're taking photographs with, and the same people who are elsewhere kill. The current state of the American law enforcement reveals an extreme contradiction. The order it imposes is rife with forces that provoke domestic terrorism. Okay, who, who... where are these cop killers on the right? This this writer is so full of shit. I can't, like, I you know, I can tell you that the people who are out there killing cops right now are not white ring, white ring, I can't talk with the white wing in the slightest. There are thousands of ca- officer casualties during the BLM and Antifa riots. You, you remember David Dorn? The cop who was off-duty and attempting to stop looters when he was shot in the back of the head and killed? Or do you remember back in Dallas in 2016 when a black man ambushed police officers, killed five of them, and injured several others? It's not MAGA hat-wearing Trump supporters who've been murdering cops. And to say otherwise is journalistic malpractice. You want to know why the Back to Blue movement started? You know, instead of seeing cops as these cold-hearted Terminators, we saw them as true Americans who love this country so much that they put their lives at risk every single day to help and protect our our communities. That these officers already had enough to deal with, and when the left started bombarding cops with brands like racists and killers... We decided, as payment for all these officers have done for us, the least we can do is have their backs. What liberals would understand if they, you know, read the Constitution or any of the founding documents, 
that the founders never meant for the U.S. to have a massive, overreaching federal government. They understood that the law needed to be as small as possible, and local law enforcement was to be the final say. Us conservatives do not like the federal governments for many reasons, and justifiably distrusting of large governments as a general rule, considering we've actually read history books. This author goes on, At this supreme moment of crisis, the left has divided into warring factions completely incapable of confronting the seriousness of the moment. There are liberals who retain an unjustifiable faith in their institutions can save them when it is utterly clear that they cannot. Then there are the woke, educational, and political elites dedicated to a discourse of willed impotence. Any institution founded by the woke simply eats itself. See Time's Up, The Women's March, etc. Becoming irrelevant to any but a demissioning cadre, cadre of... I, I'm stupid, sorry. <laughs> of insiders who spend most of their time figuring out how to shred whoever's left. They render themselves powerless faster than their enemies can. What the American left needs now is alliance, not allyship. It must abandon any imagined fantasies about the sanctity of government institutions as uh, that long ago gave up any claim to legitimacy. Stack the Supreme Court in the filibuster, make Washington, D.C. a state, and let the dogs howl, and now before it's too late. The moment the right takes control of institutions, they will use them to overthrow democracy in its most basic forms. They are already rushing to dissolve whatever norms stand in the way of their full empowerment. The right has recognized what the left has not, that the system is in collapse. The right has a plan. It involves violence and solidarity. They have not abjured even the oath keepers. The left, meanwhile, has chosen infighting as their sport. So let me get this straight. This writer's plan is to completely end the M- any semblance of discourse in our political system. Make it so the Supreme Court can rule with an iron fist, with a top-down interpretation of the law, and doing the one thing judges are not allowed to do, and that's make the law. Which liberals love them doing, by the way. In- ending the filibuster, a course of action that would give whatever political party... Who's, ma- who's the majority the power to cram down whatever crap legislation they want? Make D.C. a state? So the left ca- uh, has another stronghold that Democrats' candidates can further distance themselves from those living in the middle of the country? And, and this writer didn't mention this, but the same people want to end the Electoral College, which stems from their complete disdain for middle America states. They love... They'd love it if these Democrat presidential candidates had to, the only thing they had to do to get elected was campaign in California and New York and then go home. They'd actively disenfranchise the majority of American states. Also, side note, we didn't have to distance ourselves from the Oath Keepers because if you had eyes, you would have seen that they were a bunch of feds dressed as patriots. (laughs) Like, nobody even knew this group existed is because they don't exist. It actually became a meme on conservative channels that nobody knew who these clowns were. 
I, I, I seriously hope we aren't headed for another civil war or a breakup of the U.S. But, like, what can we do when one side is literally shouting that they hate America, our value system, our education system, our economic system, our founding fathers? They want nothing less than the complete destruction of America. And the other side, all it, we're doing all we can to keep us going off a cliff. And yet, on one, the other hand, we're preparing for the worst. I myself had have plenty of foodstuffs and plenty of ammo, mainly because I live on the coast, and in case of a hurricane, I'm prepared. A civil war isn't why I'm prepped, but my gear will... That, that'll do if a civil war happens. What the left doesn't realize is that, God forbid, there is a civil war... They would lose, and lose badly. You guys have no no one with any real skills on your side. You don't have the cops. You don't have the military. Even if you did have the military, the registered gun owners in Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, and New Mexico outnumber them. Hunters? Nope. Vets? Nope. The left has been in quite literally the cradle of society and wouldn't last two seconds in a forest. They wouldn't win. So why pick this fight? Why poke this bear? This isn't a fight they want. Yet they have all the same beliefs as Vladimir Lenin and his Bolshevik thugs, except the numbers. That's why they won't throw the first punch. They will actively slowly smother America using American legal systems against itself. Once they make it to where not another Republican politician wins an election again, that's when they'll strike. And if the right doesn't wake up to this plot soon, there, there will be a war. Alright, I'm going to move on to something a little more lighter. Uh, Paul Feige angry about Ghostbusters collection snubbing his 2016 film. The the planned February 1st release of the Ghostbusters Ultimate Collection may be exciting for some fans, but they may be disappointed to learn that the well-known installment from the franchise won't be included. Screen Rant reporters that the 8-disc set from Sony Pictures does not have the 2016 all-female reboot Ghostbusters answer the call. Director Paul Feige is not happy about that, tweeting his surprise, quote, Um, at Sony Pictures, I know this must be a mistake. We do have a lot of fans, and Bill, Dan, and Ernie were in it. And it won the Kids' Choice Award, Award for Best Feature Film the year it came out. So, I guess this was an oversight, question mark? Hashtag, we are all Ghostbusters, end quote. Though the series star Dan Aykroyd did feel that Feige overspent on his vision, on his version of the film, and didn't take, his, take the notes he was given. He, Bill Murray, and Ernie Hudson do appear in cameos. Ghostbusters Answered the Call was released in 2016, starring Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. Though it did gross $229 million worldwide, it was not considered a success and received mixed reviews. Mo- 
that that's putting it lightly. A post-credit scene suggests the possibility of a sequel, but that has not yet been commissioned. Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was directed by Jason Reitman, has had a much more positive reception, taking in 174 million in just one month since its release in mid-November. <laughs> "Quote: We we have a lot of fans. <laughs> I I've yet to meet a single person." Alive that's enjoyed this movie. That movie lost about $80 million. Everyone hated this movie and rightfully so because it turns out that digging up the grave on one of the most loved cult classic films to get woke clout is a slap in the face to true Ghostbusters fans. Unfortunately, Sony caved to this dumpster fire of a movie and will share this and it'll share a space with the real Ghostbusters movies. Sony should have done the right thing and ignored this idiot. The term go woke and go broke is there for a reason. I'll still be buying this box set, by the way, but I'll be using Ghostbusters Answer the Call as target practice. You know, the story, I, I, it, it, there's not a lot to it, but I just found this too funny not to talk about it. <laughs> Jason Derulo accused of battery after being called Usher at Vegas Club. <laughs> Singer Jason Derulo was involved in an altercation with two people in Las Vegas Tuesday after somebody allegedly cursed at him and called him Usher. According to police and media reports, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department officers responded to a hotel nightclub after 2 a.m. and found Derulo, 32, had, quote, committed a battery against two individuals. The victims did not want to press charges, but Derulo was told by hotel security to leave the property under a trespass order. Media reports include video posted to TMZ said Derulo struck at least one person near an escalator after somebody cursed at him and referred to him as singer Usher Raymond. Uh, police said no police report was taken because the people involved did not want to prosecute. <laughs> This, this this has no political relevance, uh, but I I just found this story hilarious. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like hey Usher, and he just gets punched. Oh my gosh, that's just too funny. Well, that's gonna be the end of the show today's ladies and gentlemen. Again, happy New Year! Uh, thank you for tuning into the show and for your continued support. If you like the show, please leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. It really helps us out with the algorithms. Also, uh, go to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Leave us a like and follow over there for inf more information on the show. And, um, well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And remember, not all nerds follow the herd.